You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, where it's your team every day. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan, Lucas Smith, your host for the show. And it is our last division day, where it's crossover edition with Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates today as we finish up our division day promo. So, Ethan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing great, man. How are you? Uh, it's good to be two days at the time of recording away from baseball, but when everybody else hears this, one more sleep and then we get baseball. So it'll be very nice. It's it's ex- extremely exciting. That's the word I keep using on, on my show is just excitement, excitement, excitement. I keep seeing these hype videos for different teams and I'm just pumped to get things started. So, um, so Ethan's going to have his, his interview on his show. So this will be me asking him questions. If you want to hear him asking me questions, head over to Locked on Pirates today and we'll have our uh, Hayes-Carlson debate at the end of the show today. We're going to get started with some, some other questions about the teams. Ethan, why don't you first tell us about opening day starter and your opening series this year? So we start out against Chicago on Thursday in Wrigley. Very fun stuff. You know, we get to see one of our probable uh, biggest rivals this year just because I do see the Cubs as the third best team in the NL Central due to some decisions they might make down the line, depending on where they're at. But it was announced that Chad Cool, Mr. Cool Guy himself, will be the opening day starter this Thursday, which it's good for him. I mean, he had Tommy John surgery in 2018. Uh, He's been in the organization now for eight years and has just now being our opening day starter for the first time. And it's still a streak of having a new opening day starter on the team since 2016, back when Francisco Liriano did it in 16 and 15. I believe the names are Cole, Ivan Nova, or Garrett Cole, Ivan Nova, Jamison Tyone, and Joe Musgrove. Now Chad Cool continues that streak. We haven't announced two starters, though, for the rest of the series. So very interesting to see what happens there, especially with Stephen Brault going down for the pretty much the beginning of April or most of mm-hmm. April. But yeah, Chad Cool will be the guy on the mound on Thursday. Yeah, that, that's a lot a lot of, of turnover on the mound um, for, for sure in the last handful of years. But you guys had a, a turnover in, in terms of a player. Can you explain what happened with Todd Frazier? Because I'm still confused. And do you have any insight to what happened with, with the Todd father? So over the weekend... Um, he was, uh, released, I think, and then opted out of his deal because I believe that they wanted to like basically say, okay, Philip Evans is our utility guy as well as Wilmer Defoe. They have more versatility to play third, second, short, and first, whereas Todd Frazier himself can only play the corner infield positions. This also comes in part of the idea that Derek Shelton and Ben Sherrington are bringing 14 pitchers to the 26 man roster which only leaves you 12 position players for nine positions. So you have to kind of pick a little bit like when you're playing around with it. But now, apparently, he's back as he got a deal again. So he's basically back like he never left. And as I tweeted earlier today, he basically channeled his inner Michael Jordan with the little he's back thing all of a sudden. And I want him on the team mainly because he can help keep Brian Hayes in his development and teach Colin Moran what it's like to be an everyday first baseman. Because when we traded for Colin Moran from Houston in the Garrett Cole trade, he was a third baseman. Ever since Josh Bell was there, 
He was a third baseman until last year when he finally became like a platoon first baseman in the DH system. So he's a, that mm-hmm. kind of guy that can teach them both something they need right now. But that's pretty much what's going on. I guess he's on a minor league deal again. Even as a Pirates fan, I'm very yeah. That, that was that was definitely bizarre. I've always liked Todd Frazier and a fun guy. Love loves the game and everything like that. So that was very. I thought it was weird to see him leave, but weirder to see him come back. But definitely a good thing for him to come back. So. There's no secret. This is definitely a rebuilding year, and probably the start or the middle of rebuilding years for for Pittsburgh. And you know, we did our massive NL Central crossover show. Who are some names um, outside of Key Brian Hayes that you're looking for to, to have successful years? Okay, so we had our Locked On NL Central preview on the Locked On MLB podcast today, and I talked about this. And Miguel Yahure is one of those guys. If you're bringing 14 pitchers to your roster, there has to be something with one of those young guys like Will Crow or Miguel Yahure. One of those two guys has to be good enough for you to say, okay, we're going to have a six man rotation this year. Yahure played pretty well for the Yankees last year, if you really give him like, some credit for a roster and a bullpen that was just all over the place with injuries. And then you have guys like David Bednar who made the squad already and could be, some people are saying, and some scouts have said he could be the next good closer in the national league, comparing him to Josh Hader, which is some good company to be in. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you look at other guy that's going to pitch one inning for you a game as a closer, I would say Brian Reynolds again can prove that he's a part of this team after a slow 2020 Last year, like before last year, the kid never hit under 300 at any level of baseball or he was right around it. And then he just plummeted like most of this team did last year. So I think he's a name to watch. And then after that, I mean, can Mitch Keller cement himself as the ace of the Pirates? That's the biggest question mark. And if he can do that, he definitely joins Key Brian Hayes as the guy, especially when you're probably going to draft Kumar Rocker or Jack Later from the Vanderbilt Commodores. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's very interesting because realistically, even as Pirates fans, we really don't even know. Mm-hmm. Is Adam Frazier here to stay with three years of control? Could he be a part of a rebuild even being 28 years old and the gold glove candidate he is year in and year out? Is Anthony Alford the solution in center field again after you've had that hole in center field since Starling Marte and Andrew McCutcheon left? It's it's all over the place. Key Brian Hayes is probably the one thing in this team right now that you know is going to be here for the next three or four years. Definitely seems that way. I mean, it's not just you that's high on this kid. I think that, you know, I know that MLB uh, on Fox's Twitter page had Dylan Carlson winning the fan vote, but uh, I do think that Key Brian Hayes is going to be a thorn in the Cardinals' side for, for a very long time. You mentioned the two guys from, from Vanderbilt, Kumar Rocker and, and Jack Leiter, or Leader, I forgot how you pronounce his name. I know that uh, this, this draft isn't until June. you got some time to think about it. But the highlights that I see on these kids are ridiculous. Is there one guy that you're leaning towards right now for who the Pirates can draft, or is it kind of take your pick and go with it? Or what, what are your thoughts on that number one pick situation? So about four months ago, it was Kumar Rocker, like, no matter what. It was like, Jack Lader's good, but he's not as good as him. Now I don't know if he's still doing it, but a, like a week ago, the kid pitched 18 no-hit innings in a row. Yeah, Like, it's like, okay, so now Jack Lader is the guy in Pittsburgh because Al later, his father pitched um, in the majors and had a no hitter and everything. And then, I mean, I've heard some rumblings that Kumar rocker has issues with like character and stuff and all that. And some teams might not want to take him, which I think is all bogus. 
Personally, I would still want to do Kumar Rocker because I think his stuff is just a little bit better than Later's. Yes, Later right now is kind of overshadowing him, but Rocker has shown that he can do it at a bigger stage, like when his name was finally like as big as it was now, whenever he had that no-hitter. I forget who he played, but it was in the Collegiate World Series. It wasn't like it was some like bum team that they were playing down there. He did it against a top-four team in the country. So yeah. – I would still say Rocker. I know a lot of people are leaning Jack later now, but I would still go with Kumar Rocker, mainly for the charismatic factor. Like the Pirates right now have Key Brian Hayes for charisma and character and stuff, but who else on that team really has a like swagger about themselves right now, except Kevin Newman, who just shattered the spring training batting average record. <laughs> but like, it's like outside of that, nobody else really has that except again, Brian, like guys like Brian Goodwin, who says he's the best looking player on the team by far. And then Cole Tucker dating Vanessa Hudges and his hair and everything. But outside of that, there's not really a lot of charisma like, the family had and like Andrew McCutcheon had and stuff like that. So I would lean more towards rocker for his on-field performance and his kind of character in a way. More from Ethan and myself in just a moment. But first let's talk about built bar. Built bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100%. That's right. 100% chocolate on all of its bars. Now it's time to find out which built bar is best. It's time for built bar madness today's matchup in the flavorful four of the bracket is between mint brownie and coconut brownie chunk my vote is going for coconut brownie chunk to advance to the championship head over to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on twitter to vote and remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Pukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the conversation between Ethan Smith and myself. Right now, anyways, it seems like they could do no wrong with, with, one, with one of those pitchers. I mean, um, with both of the, the, their, their success in Vanderbilt, I do think that, that Leiter, uh, his, his stock is probably rising a little bit more rapidly at this point just because of the success he's having with, with the no-hit innings like you mentioned. But it... it it's, I think it'll be fun to be a Pittsburgh. It'll be a lot more fun to be a Pittsburgh Pirate fan in three to four years than it is right now. Um, what is the c- capacity like for, for PNC Park, and are you going to get to go any games this year? Well, I'm in Georgia, so okay, it'll be so. difficult for me. <laughs> but I mean, if I do go, I think they're starting at 25%. I know they took a lot from the Pittsburgh Penguins, who recently are letting people into PPG Paints Arena. Right. Uh, that has went pretty well. So I believe it starts at 25%. I mean, my Twitter feed is constantly saying, yeah, I get to go May 1st. Yeah, I get to go April this day. Yeah, I get to go like to the opening series against the Cubs like in PNC Park and all this stuff. So people are really excited to go back. Um, I know like a lot of what Pittsburgh is doing is they're kind of letting vaccination numbers grow. So once as those grow, it'll keep moving forward. And I mean, in Pittsburgh in the middle of June and July, there's not much else to do. The Steelers mm-hmm. aren't playing. The Penguins aren't playing. You got the Pittsburgh Pirates. Of course, the on-field product could be a lot better, but 
most people are going to want to go back to probably the most beautiful ballpark in baseball and see some other talent from other teams play (laughs) or watch the Pirates play or do whatever. So, I mean, I very well could see with vaccination numbers, the number rising from 25% to 50% at some point. We're not the Texas Rangers. We're not allowing 100% people in in the stadium (laughs) the first day. Don't worry. Um, but I could see that happening, but as far as I'm concerned, 25% is where we're at, which I think equates to like 7,500 fans, if I'm not mistaken, which is a good amount. Like it'll be good. And I think the players will really feed off of it. And the Cardinals will probably feel the same way. I mean, having fans to feed off of again, like in the bottom of the ninth inning down one run is going to be very different than it was last year where Mm -hmm. you were down one in the bottom of the ninth inning you weren't really doing much because you just didn't have any energy outside of the energy that you were bringing yourself. Yeah, no, I, to your beauty, most beautiful ballpark quote comment, I've been to PNC once. Um, they, they beat the Brewers 3 nothing. I remember 2017 or 18, I think, and beautiful park, gorgeous. Uh, I, I love PNC. I love it off the river. I love the Clemente wall, all of it, but call me a homer, but I'm still still going bush for the most beautiful park. But which is definitely up there. I've never yeah. been up there, but it is definitely up there. Like I would say top five off the top of my head right now would mm-hmm. probably still have to be Fenway, Bushfield, PNC Park, probably the Giants Park just because of the back the backdrop, and then right. probably Wrigley Field. Yeah, Wrigley and Fenway just for the historic nature of it for sure. But and it's um, funny because three of those five are NL Central stadiums. <laughs> yeah, they, they know how to build their ballparks. They might have weaker teams this year, but they know how to build their ballparks. Oh yeah. <laughs> um you talked about on your on the division series preview that that this team could be a, a, a pesky team late in the year to cause some teams to ma- not make the playoffs. Obviously, every game matters, even in a 162 game schedule. What makes you confident that this team could be a thorn in, in a NL Central team side late in the year? Well, and like you said earlier on the pod yourself, I mean, Key Brian Hayes himself could be that kind of guy yeah. to another team, and I think. Um, Jake brought this up, but I'm going to confirm it while I'm talking. Um, but there's a lot of different, th- like you said, the NL Central is not that strong this year. So, like, if you look at it that way, even if you are the worst team in that division, you can likely go out there and beat a couple of those teams. And to also the credit of it, um, it's ironic because if we are going to be a thorn in anybody's side, we do not play the Cardinals one time in the month of September or October. So maybe you avoid that. We play the Cubs and the Reds a ton. I think we play the Reds nine or ten times. So that may be in your favor. But, I mean, you also have to keep in mind that the Pirates may be terrible, but these are all still rivalry games to them. Mm -hmm. They can't stand the Cardinals. I have nothing against the Cardinals. My great-great-grandfather was a Cardinals and Cowboys fan in Pittsburgh. So he was asking for trouble. Um, Holy cow. The Brewers and the Pirates always play tough games. Chicago and Pittsburgh play tough games all the time. Don't even get me started on the Reds and the Pirates. They fight each other for a living at this point. And then, I mean, like, it's just how it is. Like, if the Pirates are going to be bad, let's say by June or July, they're 25 games under 500. Derek Shelton at some point is going to be like, hey, guys, we can mess this team season up if we come out here and beat them two out of three times. You don't even have to sweep them. So, there's a lot of different things that could factor into it. Like if Kevin Newman and Adam Frazier keep hitting the baseball like they do in the regular season, I'm not saying they're going to hit 600. But if they can keep doing that and the Pirates can just put a good offensive firepower on the field, 
the pitching is obviously going to give up runs, but if you're scoring runs with another team, that's just going to make them mad. It really is. Like, no team, like the Cardinals are not going to want to have to beat the Pirates 10 to 9 and waste half their bullpen against them in a game in Bush Field. It's just mm-hmm. not something they're going to want to do. But I mean, it'll be very interesting. Now, obviously, if the Pirates were in the NL West with the same roster, I'd be like, yeah, we're not going to mean anything to this division at all. But some fan gra- like some graphs have the team winning this division winning 85 games. Mm-hmm. That one loss to Pittsburgh might be the reason why you don't win the division and not only win the not only not win the division, but not make the playoffs at all. Yeah, I totally agree. I especially think with Pittsburgh in September, granted, not necessarily against the Cardinals, like you mentioned, but you're going to have guys get called up. You're going to have prospects that are going to be getting their first looks at the major leagues. Guys are going to want to make impressions, going to have a little bit more drive than maybe um, some, other, some other guys on that team or, or in the opponents. So I definitely think that Pittsburgh could be, um, I've said this phrase a couple of times, but a thorn in the NL Central's team side for sure. A cannonball in the side of uh, a ship. It's probably the good the good one. There you go. Cannonball coming. There you go. More from Ethan and myself in just a moment. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is long over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, with baseball happening just around the corner. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds that you need to know. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code LOCKED ON for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, for that welcome bonus of 50%, use the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB today. It's the final day of the series. It has an in-depth look at each team across every division. They've been doing it since March the 25th. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. So once you're done with this episode, head over to Locked On MLB and follow Locked On MLB on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's have one more segment of Ethan and myself, this time talking about Dylan Carlson and Key Brian Hayes. All right, Ethan, so we, we talked Cardinal Baseball, we talked Pirate Baseball on our respective podcast, but let, let's talk with, or not with, but about Dylan Carlson and Brian Hayes. All things considered, in your, your and I's opinion, the, the two favorites for Rookie of the Year, you mentioned off-air that we could probably see, probably could have a co-Rookie of the Year award winner for Brian Hayes and Dylan Carlson, but I feel like, you know, you talked about it a lot, but again, and I'll do the same thing, two-minute elevator pitch, why is Brian Hayes your Rookie of the Year? Probably just because of the fact that he's going to be the best player on his team mm. in a way. I know that's going to sound very weird for being a rookie of the year, but the the case for it is I've also seen a lot of people say the kid could even probably get more than just rookie of the year voting. Like I've seen some people option him into the all-star game. I'm like, okay, let's, let's pump brakes for a second. But if you watch them over spring training, I mean, every ball he hits seems like it's over 100 miles per hour off his bat. Even his outs look impressive. Like, right fielders are struggling to catch the ball over him. And, I mean, the kid was up there in doubles. He's one, arguably, to me, already a top 15, 16, like, third baseman defensively. If his back can keep doing what it's doing like it did in the month of September last year, He's going to be a superstar by like two years from now. 
not trying to like push this all on him, but like at some point you're going to have to consider the kid a really good baseball player. He already is. Can he take it to the next level? The only case I would say against him in this debate against Dylan Carlson is Dylan Carlson's team is actually going to be winning and he could be contributing to some of that winning while Hayes can only do so much with the roster around him where we're going to probably win 60 to 65 games. But if you had to ask me, I think Hayes wins it purely off of the fact that I think after what he showed in September last year and what he's shown in spring training, I think he brings all that with confidence into the year. I think he starts really hot, dwindles down in the months of May, June, and July, and then picks it back up August, September. I think he finishes around the 270, 275 batting average range. Couldn't really give you a like option on home runs and RBIs, but that's why I think he wins. I like it. I'm going to go, you know, for, for Dylan Carlson, I think this is a guy that he, he's, he's a five-tool guy. He is somebody that the Cardinals are very high on. He's got the power. He's got the speed. He's got the contact ability, the arm, the fielding. I think that's five, right? <laughs> the five tools that you need, right? So he's definitely somebody that, that, that can do it all. I think that he brings an added element as well when you talk about what you can do in a baseball field because he is a switch hitter. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Key Brian Hayes is not. Is that correct? Right. Right, so Carlson can do that, do that from both sides. That's an added bonus thing. And I think if if what Arm Layton projected on my Twitter a couple weeks ago of um, Carlson hitting 25 home runs and, quote, a ton of doubles, whether that be 25, 30, 40, I don't know what he meant by that. But I think if he can hit, you know, if he could be a 25, 25 guy, 25 home runs, 25 doubles, maybe even 30, 35, like that's a big range, I know that. But I think that if he's able to get – that number get probably 25 25 that that seriously to me puts him in serious consideration for that award and then you also bring into what he can do defensively we saw that in the postseason he made a couple of diving catches against the Padres and what I really like for Carlson is that he has struggled in the minors but then come back in the minors um, if, if you look at his, his or not even in the minors but but last year um, in his final 12 games after an abysmal start of, of a 162 batting average in his first um First 23 games. His final 12 games, he hit 278 on base of 325, slugged 600, two home runs, 11 RBIs, throw in four doubles and a triple. He did a lot in his second call-up, so I think that he's had the ability to to adjust. And I think Brian Hayes is going to have to show that earlier because he had straight success last year for the most part in his tenure in 2020. Do you think Hayes is going to be able to make that adjustment? I think so. Now, the only <laughs> thing, the only thing that I would say against it, again – is they're already asking him of so much. Like, there's not really another guy in the lineup right now that you could say purely other than maybe Brian Reynolds, Kevin Newman, and Adam Frazier that's going to be consistently hitting the baseball. Hayes is probably going to be hitting number two in the lineup, too. That's asking a lot for a kid that only played 24 major league games so far in his career. Albeit he hit 376 in those games, and that's better than Barry Bonds, Roberto Clemente, and Andrew McCutcheon in their first 24 games. But either way, 24 games versus 162 games, you have a bad 24-game stretch over a 162-game season, it, do, it might not affect you. It might affect you a lot. If you have a mm-hmm. really good one like he did last year, that affects you a lot. Like a really good 24-game stretch. Say he comes out in his first 24 games and has the exact same stats as he had in those 24 games last year, I think he cements himself as a rookie of the year like favorite immediately. Mm-hmm. 376, five home runs, 11 RBIs with like 20 something hits. Like that would be nuts. Now, does he do that? I'm not sure. 
like Carlson, I also think Carlson is going to be more consistent. I think Hayes has more of the – I'm not against Dylan Carlson winning this. Like I told you, I'd be okay with the co yeah. – like the co or NL, or NL rookie of the year thing. I think Carlson's going to be more consistent, and I think Hayes is going to have more of his highs and lows. But sometimes when you're doing this, you see those extreme highs and don't usually look at the extreme lows. And right. sometimes consistency is good too, but as we see with it, I mean, you have guys sometimes who win the NL Rookie of the Year or like some kind of award just because of how they perform from August to October. It happens like that. So you never know. Yeah, it's definitely you, you can have that recency bias like you mentioned, but I think it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be exciting of all, all the key buzzwords that I've mentioned. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about Hayes before we wrap up or any other questions about Carlson? I have two things to say. Right. One, I think Hayes will be the best third baseman in this division. Wow. In, not now, in three years. Okay, okay. Three years. And I think Dylan Carlson will be the best right fielder or outfielder in this division in three years. I really think so. That is my hot take on that. I think both of them are cementing themselves as easily the two best prospects in this division by a long shot Mm -hmm. until Kumar Rocker, Jack later come along. But either way, I think those two right now, and you could probably agree with me are the clear cut best prospects in this division. Oh, I totally agree. And especially with, with, um, I feel like Milwaukee is kind of kind of a down prospect. Chicago didn't really get a lot of prospects back in the moves that move that they made for Darvish, and you know the Reds didn't have any prospect that was good enough to play shortstop, so they're moving Suarez over shortstop, right? So I think that or at least in 2021, um, so I think that there's no question that the these two guys they could be the face of the NL Central for many years to come, especially if they both stay with their respective teams. But, um, but I, think I think Carlson will stay in St. Louis. Not so sure about Hayes. We see how we <laughs> treat our superstars over here in Pittsburgh. Sorry <laughs> if I got anybody's skin, but, you know, it's just how it is. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully the uh, hopefully Hayes can be uh, the, the turning point for you guys keeping your superstars. We can have fun battles in the NL Central for years to come. But, Ethan, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, say um, where we can find you on Twitter and social media. Uh, you can find me at Locked On Pirates on Twitter. It's a big, nice little yellow logo with Key Brian Hayes wearing sunglasses on his last day of spring training as the cover photo. So there you go. Love it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan. I remember the last time that Lucas did it, he said it was a dash. It is an underscore. And it's also like capital, uh, lowercase cap, all that good stuff. But, you know, if you want to listen to me be in pain about the Pittsburgh Pirates, all the will to you. I'm here Monday through Friday. There you go. Love it. Well, I appreciate time, Ethan, and had fun on, on, on both my show and your show. So um, next to the time, hopefully it'll be a fun year. And everybody else, thanks for listening. Hope you guys are excited for opening day tomorrow on Thursday with the time this gets released on Wednesday. So uh, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day. 